Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on our first leg success over at United, Rhys Haldane. Rhys, how are you? I'm very well, thanks Matt. Another brilliant performance the other night from the Jags and really looking forward to talking about it. Heather Holloway's here. Heather, are you well? Yes, great Matt. Glad to be back and talking about another Thistle win. Jamie McDonald is here. Jamie, you're a free agent now. What are your, what are your plans for next season? Uh, hopeless paradise. That's my plans for next season. But uh, yeah, I'm good. Glad to be back. And who knows, maybe I'll sign Professor. No, the the part won't die. And rounding off our panel is David Forrest. David, how are you? Yes, I'm very well. Looking forward to talking about Friday. Good stuff, David. I'll start with you then. I don't think I'll ever start with you with the, the team selection questions, but it was an unchanged start in 11. I don't think we had really many options. We looked a little bit short on the bench, actually. Hodgson was out, um, Bannigan remained to be out, so did Harry Milne, of course. Quite happy with the, the team we started with on Friday night? Yeah, I mean, with with Bannigan still out, you, you kind of had to go with a team that had done so well at Oakle View that you know there wasn't really anything to be changed for me uh, from it so I was happy with the team. And Jamie were you concerned at all I don't think I mentioned Cammy Smith actually that he was out as well were you concerned at all about how short we looked on the bench? I wasn't too concerned because usually when we turn to the bench it's either to bring on Fitzpatrick who's obviously starting or Dowds and Mullen who both were already on the bench anyway so I wasn't overly concerned to be honest. Heather, what did you make of the performance itself? Do you think we were worthy of a three-goal win? Well, first, I would say the three goals were absolutely fantastic. And the video that was it Scott Allison posted of Aidan Fitzpatrick setting up crosses from a really young age and just how much it's paid off, it was absolutely fantastic. I thought we were clinical. At some points, I felt that we didn't hang on to the ball enough when we had possession and really thought that at times we did miss Bannigan for those situations. But I don't think 3-0 flattered us. I think we could have scored more. Obviously, the BBC loved to replay about seven times a chance we had and they were winding up Brian Graham a little bit for the chance that he missed in the first half, which I I guess we all really expected to go in. But I thought it was fantastic. Obviously, I missed last Friday, so... I just really, really enjoyed being able to see such a clinical performance. I felt that every every person had a had a fantastic game, and it was just a joy to see. Rhys, do you agree? Were they ever three 0 one going into the second leg on Friday? Absolutely, it was three 0 going on six or seven. Uh, really good performance for for just about everybody on the park. Like Heather said there, I thought Aidan Fitzpatrick was was really good. He's been brilliant all all playoffs. Um, I know he's kind of been in and out of the team. Like he makes an appearance every single week. I think he's like I think there's only like two or three players this season that have played more games than him um, in terms of appearances. Um, but uh, it's good to see him getting like a run of games, and it looks like he's like we, we've always said all season when Fitzpatrick gets a run of games starting, he looks brilliant, um, and it's proven to be the case again. I thought he was pretty explosive the other night. A couple of a, a great balls that he puts in with his left foot and. Now, that's his probably strongest attribute, the fact that he is so bow-footed and he can, he's equally strong on either side. So um, I thought he was brilliant. I thought Lawless was outstanding. Just He's an absolute joy to watch. Like my pal even said to me, he's never seen Lawless have a bad game. Every time he comes to Furhill, Lawless is bringing balls at the sky, just jinking past players. Nobody can get near him. Um, and he genuinely is like the the, the Furhill Messi. So uh, it, was, it was a really good game. And when you've got guys like 
Fitzpatrick, Lawless, Tiffany, Graham, Turner, all playing well. You're going to score goals, um, and long may that continue. So, yeah, really good game. And and, and one positive that I, 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 I think, and another positive that I want to touch on, I thought the defence was brilliant. I know we kind of, you worry about Akinyemi and stuff, and obviously when he's not playing, that's a boost in itself. But I know Mark McKenzie didn't get a sniff, the, the boy that came in for him. I thought Aaron Muirhead and Brownlee were absolutely outstanding. They bullied the, the air forward line all night, and, and even Mitch and Ghost made a couple of really big saves. So, all round that, an absolutely excellent performance, and hopefully we can carry it on into the second leg. I was just second that about the two defenders because they probably won't get much credit beyond that because it'll all be about the attacking play. But um, you're heading Brownlee with Brownlee. I think Brownlee deserves a bit of praise in particular because he's come through that sticky period. We made a couple of mistakes uh, about a month ago against Inverness and Air, and he's putting in really good performance. He has done really since the United game. He's, he's barely put a foot wrong. So, so well done to those two. Jamie, who else stood out for you on, on Friday night? Yes, it was already been said. for Turner had another good game. Tiffany was lively. I wouldn't say anybody anybody had a bad game. I thought we were good all over the park. But Doherty did well. One has a lot of free kicks like he always does. Good at breaking up the play. I was glad to see that because obviously it was a concern not having Barrigan, but I thought you couldn't really tell that we were missing one of arguably our best players with Barrigan being out because the way we were playing was fantastic and Marshall did well even though they were missing Akinyemi and stuff like the Marshall. And yeah, it was just another great game to watch and I love seeing the link-up play between McMillan and Lawless down the right-hand side. I remember before the start of the season, everyone was talking about the link-up play that was going to come between Tiff and Mellon. I thought that was going to be the best to watch. But honestly, I'd say the best to watch this season has been Lawless and McMillan. They've just been fantastic together. And yeah, a lot of their work was unnoticed. And yeah, it's just great to watch. David, our first listener question comes from Tom Hosey. He asks, is there a better midfielder in the league than Ross Dockery? Um, I saw this question previously and I liked. I, I have to echo the, re, the the reply. There's only one person who can even match up with Doherty and, and he, he plays next to him most weeks in Stuart Barrigan. No, I, I think that both Banjo and Doherty are incredible midfielders and for the, for the level that they're at. And I, I'm sure without the red and yellow tinted glasses on, there'll probably be one or two players that you could justifiably make a stab at it. But for me, no, I don't think so. Docker A and Bands way one and A2 for me. Well, Heather, you mentioned earlier there was a bit of, or some moments in the game where you thought we missed Bannigan. That sort of leads on to the most popular question. I think Billy Heatherton, uh, Gary John and Tim Britton all asked, does Bannigan get back into the team on Friday if he's fit? Um, if he does, who drops out? Because as we've, as We've all mentioned, I think, the attacking three behind Graham are all in good form and, and Turner and Dockett are playing really well as well. So where does Bannigan slot in, if at all, for you on Friday? I think from listening to Chris Dillon's post-match interviews, he talked about the fact that uh, the game plan for Friday is to go and win it. It's not to sit in, you know, the attacking formation that we have does not suit defending and putting bodies on the line it suits going and creating space and finding goals I think it would be quite a risk to bring to bring Bannigan straight back into the starting lineup and maybe for me I would more see the idea of us hopefully going a few goals up and then him getting some minutes in his legs in the last 10-15 minutes obviously if the game goes a different way which I really hope it doesn't. But if 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 the game was to shift in some in some way, I would see maybe Bannigan coming on off the bench. But for me, I it's maybe a little bit like when 
David Mitchell had those, uh, you know, the tricky situation after um, Queen's Park and people were saying, oh, potentially, will will he get dropped and Sinan comes in? But then he's gone and proved himself. And I think Aidan Fitzpatrick has done that. And it would be it'd be really tricky to drop someone or any of the team that played on on Friday because it was such a stellar performance. Um, I also don't think I think uh, Chris Dillon understands the importance of Stuart Bannigan. And if, you know, fingers, toes, everything crossed, we get through having a strong, fit Stuart Bannigan is going to be essential for playing a premiership team. And I'd hate for him to come back too early and risk an injury against our United. Does anyone want to make the case for Bannigan's coming straight back in on Friday? I, I do agree with you here. I, I don't think Bannigan will come straight back in, mostly just because of, of fitness and also because of how well everyone else is playing. But I do agree with you. I think if we do make it through against the United, I think as well, if the tie was, was more on the balance, I think Bannigan would come in. But I think the way the tie set up, three goals, if we get the first goal, you would think that's probably it done. And Doom will probably think that as well. And if we just keep keep going the way we've gone. I mean, we're scoring goals for fun at the moment. If, if we score on Friday night, we should go through. So I think that's maybe why Bannigan won't come in. Whereas if it was, if we were one goal up or it was level, I think he might come in. But yeah, I agree with you, Heather. If we do get through and face Premiership opposition, I think Bannigan will come back into the team at that point. Maybe we need a bit further on in his recovery. Any more thoughts on, on the first leg on Friday for anyone? Uh, to be honest, I think that we sh- we should have been more than three 0 up. I know it's really childish of us to sit here and say, you know, you know, it's not good enough. We should have been scoring more goals and stuff like that. But I mean, it is it is the fiscal mentality of I'm not comfortable with anything under four 0 But I thought absolutely brilliant as a as a team. It, it is is it's good to see that Brannigan, uh, you know, when he's out, you know, the replacement comes in and there's no appreciable drop, which I think. If you look at maybe the start of the season, we talked about in the last season, we talked about squad depth quite a bit. And it actually was a bit of a sort of false economy because we had players coming in and maybe weren't performing to their best. But I mean, without Stuart Bannigan there, we pulled out an absolutely fantastic result. So, no, well done. I think you make a good point about there, there not being a drop. I think long term, you possibly might see a drop. I think I mentioned how I didn't think having Fitzpatrick, Lawless, and Tiffany in the team all at once was perhaps sustainable long-term, but I do think Doolan deserves credit. I think Kyle Turner deserves credit as well. I think I said this last week that he's filling in for Banzo, really, with Fitzpatrick coming in in a a more attacking position. But Turner's not really lost anything from his game offensively, but he's doing just about as good as Bannigan would defensively for now. And as I say, obviously, long-term, I think we we would need Bannigan back, but for now, I think Turner and Doolan deserve massive credit for how it's been going. We'll look ahead to the second leg then. <laughs> well, if Bannigan's not getting in the team, I imagine we're quite happy with an unchanged starting line lineup. Jamie, I'll start with you. What sort of game are you expecting? Do you expect us to just go for it again then, try and get a goal? Um, what do you expect from United? What are your thoughts going into the second leg? I feel it might be like a cagey opening 10-15 minutes, but I think we will try go there and like what Dylan says, we're going to go there and try and win, and I'd believe him. I think we will go there and try at least be one up at half time. If we were one nil up at half time, I could maybe see Banning coming on for the second half or around the 
55th minute or something to try to like, shore us up because at that point if you have a four goal lead then the clock's ticking down and you're looking to see the game out but I think we will go there and try to win I don't think we'll win as emphatically I could see it being a 1-0 or 2-0 but I'd love it to end up being a repeat of like Queen's Park we go to the second leg and win very comfortably and really convincingly and that'd be great because it just carries on that goal scoring momentum into the final hopefully and keeping on the clean sheet would be very welcome as well obviously we don't know if Eric got Akinyemi back or not and if they don't then I, I hope they don't I hope they don't if they do then we shouldn't be like scared of them we just have we've been able to marshal them before I know he scored against us once or twice but in general I think we've contained them quite well but he is a threat so it'll be an interesting game I think it'll be tighter than the first leg but I will have enough about us to win Reese, what are you expecting from Friday? Um, I don't think it'll be cagey. I think Air United will, will try and batter us from the first minute. They're going to need to. They're going to need to come and, and score goals. So they're chasing the game from the get go. Um, and I and but I can see them scoring. I can I can definitely see us scoring. But I can't see us not scoring because they're going to leave themselves wide open at the back. So Tiffany Fitzpatrick, Wallace Graham, they'll be all over that up the other end. So I think it'll be wide open. Um, plenty of chances at either end. So. It'll be it'll be nervy watching it, obviously, but I do think it'll be a good game, and and hopefully we do we do progress to the next round. I'll come on to the predictions in a minute, but David, a big Friday night out in air for you. What's the plan? Where should folk be going? Uh, I mean, Tam O'Shanter's is always a great shout. There's always a lot of Thistle fans in there, so I would definitely recommend that. There's also a pub across from Newton on Air Station. Uh, so depending where you get off, if you get off at air. Uh, you can go to Tama Shanters, but there's a pub across in Newton on Air Station, which is uh, quite good as well. I, I would recommend that. I've been informed that they're going on the four o'clock train to Air, which um, is a, a frankly worrying uh, development, because can you imagine what everyone's going to be like at quarter to eight after being on that train at 4pm? I think it's good. I, I, I love Somerset Park, even even though they get rid of the food van. I, I know we just seem to, as a fan base, absolutely thrive at Somerset Park and absolutely love it. They're probably going to bring quite a lot of people, maybe not as many as they'd expected if it was a tight game in the first leg. Uh, we all have a big back and I think as well. It all kind of comes down to the first goal for me. I think if we go 1-0 up, it's done. Um, if we go 1-0 up, it gets a bit more nervy. I see it's going through, to be honest. Um, I thought it's it's one of those things where Akinyemi, we've we've marshaled him quite well throughout the season. Obviously, he's got the wonder goal, um, and apart from that, he's not had too much joy against us. So without without him, you you kind of expected him they'd have to do something different anyway, just because it's not really worked against us this season, and um, they didn't really offer anything at all. So even with Akinyemi in there, I'm not I'm not expecting some sort of magical turnaround where they turn into like 1950s Hungary or anything like that I think that they have to go for it they, they are absolutely all guns blazing frankly if I was an Air fan I'd be absolutely raging if they didn't go absolutely go for it but as Reese says I think we'll absolutely love that and I think we'll be able to pick them apart and, and get the win. Oh, just come back a couple of minutes David very optimistic with the the guess that you will be in the ground at quarter to eight. I'm expecting to see you roll up about five minutes before half time looking absolutely <laughs> bewildered. Uh, Heather, do you come in? I just want to touch on what David said there about you know the about goals. And I just think it's important to mention that we defended really well at the end of the game. And if some of those chances go in and it's three one. I think air fans and air players go in with a little bit of momentum. And the fact that we 
maintain the clean sheet is really important for going into the game on Friday. Um, I unfortunately can't give any recommendations for Friday night plans since I will be in Edinburgh at Harry Styles. But um, I hope everyone has a superb time. If we if we do well and win, etc., then that will be me to like missing the second leg twice and us winning. So I'll have to really think about the fact that should I if things go well and we get through to the Premiership one, do I attend the second leg? David, would you rather be going down to air on a four o'clock train or going to see Harry Styles in Edinburgh? I mean, as it was as a bop, let's let's not dispute that. But um, no, I think I'd rather be going to air. Um, I nearly ended up going to Harry Styles because my cousin was going and needed someone to go with, but uh, my sister ended up taking the ticket, sadly. But no, um, I'd, I'd be going to air. I can't wait. It's, it's no Eurovision. Come on. I'll be um, I'm gonna try and throw a her game two badge at Harry Styles. Um if if he catches it, can we count him as a Jags legend? I really hope he does wear some sort of bright and yellow attire. That'd be really fun. Right, predictions then. Um Reese, do you want to kick us off? Uh I I do think Errol score a couple. Um I think we will score a couple as well. I'm going to probably go against the grain here, um, but this is sort of stuff you need to do to sort of come out on top of the of the league table that we are doing. So I'm going to say air two, Thistle two, um, a draw on the night, but a comfortable win on aggregate for us to get us into the final. You are still narrowly ahead in that league table, Reese. Jamie, prediction from you? I'll say Thistle two, air nil. David, prediction from you? Um, I think. I... I will I'll go three one. I think we will win comfortably. I think Air will make it a bit dicey at the start. They'll probably score, but I, I don't see us being in too much threat. He says Hello. <laughs> Hello. Wild prediction, I'll go six one thistle. Actual prediction, I'm feeling a one one draw. Are we 6-1 on aggregate or are we 6-1 on the night? 6-1 on the night. Excellent. Cammy's first going to come back from uh, from injury and uh, and, and, score, and scores and he was so close to scoring the Danny Mullen goal uh, against Queen's Park. And, I, and I'm literally going to cry if this will do that well and I'm not there. <laughs> I can only imagine if we our fan base is three hours and 45 minutes in the drink pre-game and we win 6-1, good grief, that will... <laughs> that would not... Um, that, that, what a night that will be. I'm going to say we'll win 2-1. I, I'm like Reese. I think Errol will score, but I think we've got too much going the other way. As I say, I think the fact... Um, I'll just go back to my point earlier. I think the fact that Air have to go for it will leave spaces, and I think that's perfect for the team that we've got the now with Fitzpatrick, Tiffany, Lawless, McMillan overlap and Turner getting forward. Hopefully those guys continue their form, and I think the spaces Air will leave will, will, will be good for us, and I'm going to say a 2-1 win. Um, David, a word on, on Clyde going down? Mm, mm, how how do I say this? Um, it's really fucking funny. Um, I it's obviously right. It's it's very sad when teams get relegated. You know, we were talking before. You know, I, I have a soft spot for Albion Rovers been knocked down in the Lowland League. You know, terrible times, real dark times ahead for the club. But it's Clyde, so you know, you reap what you sow. 
and Clyde. So, you know, enjoy League Two. Enjoy Spartans away. <laughs> well said. Um, Heather, uh, other Heather, Heather Wilson has asked, should Munns be ticketed if we make it to the, the playoff final? I absolutely love this idea. I think also it should be entry only after you performed your chosen karaoke song. And I will nominate myself and David to be the judges of said panel. Um, and, and you and Callison, I feel he would, you know, he would really bring the X factor. No, of course. I mean, Munns is a place for all. I mean, you know, us Thistle fans, it's 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 just a great vibe. But uh, I would I do enjoy the idea of of it being ticketed. Who would you have on the door if it was ticketed? Uh, new dad Ian McKinnon. I feel he would uh, he he would keep the crowd at bay. Probably Heather herself. She you know she knows everyone would be able to uh, would be able to keep everyone in order, keep everyone right. I was going to say I was going to offer a different McKinnon for people to keep people in order. I'd have Darian McKinnon in the door. Um, absolutely nobody getting past that man. <laughs> if you don't have a ticket, you're not getting in, whether you like it or not. If I wouldn't have I wouldn't have the stewards that were on duty on Friday night. <laughs> I think they had a shocker. I think they did. Oh you yeah, you said about Darren McKinnon, no one's getting past that man. I said, I don't think anyone ever used those words when describing him playing for Vessel. <laughs> <laughs> very, very true, very true. Point well made. But I mean, I would say like Friday and Munns was absolute pandemonium. I, I had a similar thought to Heather of what happens if we go through because this place will be like the last days of Rome if we are in any sort of sniff of getting up to the Premiership. I, lo- I-, I like how you said Munns is a place for everybody, I'll- unless you've only got cards. Um, yeah, that-, that was absolutely jumping on Friday. One of the best nights in Munns. Um, absolutely unbelievable. David, on Friday night, would you rather have been in Munns or would you rather have stayed awake for about 41 straight hours and watch? <laughs> Bolton failed to score against Barnsley in one of the worst football performances I've ever seen. And then about 20 hours of PGA golf. Unsatisfactory PGA golf at that. I mean, I mean, it's such a tempting offer, Matt. <laughs> but no, I think I'd have probably stayed in Munster. You, you could have got, got on in Munster. You should have got them in the Sky Plus box to stick oh, on. No. Honestly, some of the worst life decisions were made between like Saturday 4am and Saturday 2pm <laughs> terrible I've still not recovered to be honest um, earlier this week Tom Hosey and Vinnie Ferguson caught up to mark the end of the Thistle Women's campaign Just like an albatross we ran from George's Cross We never failed to answer when we were called Hi, it's Vinny here. I'm uh, joined at a now very quiet Petersill Park with uh, Tom Hosey. Hello, Tom. Good evening. Tom, um, maybe just give the listeners a, a brief idea of uh, what you do um, for Partick Thistle Women. Um, well, I lend support from the sidelines. I think that's the most important thing. Um, no, I just kind of do work with Craig and the, the media team side of things, just kind of do the Twitter updates and the match day and various other wee bits and bobs to try and support Craig with the million and one things that he does <laughs> each and every week. How he finds, finds the time, I really do not know, but he does somehow. 
Yeah, I think every club needs a Craig Walker, don't they? I don't think every club's got a Craig Walker. Yeah. I don't think there's MD anywhere, but certainly in the women's league that does quite as much as what Craig does, and I think that's why Thistle's media output is considered to be the best. We should stop talking about Craig in case he listens to this. He's not going to listen. Nobody's <laughs> going to listen to us. <laughs> so, Tom, the dust has settled on uh, the, the final game of the season. It was a disappointing uh, 2-1 defeat. However, we were certainly on top in the second half. Yeah, I think when Cara hit the post at, at 2-1, you kind of felt that maybe it wasn't going to be our day, especially because of the sneaky nature of the their, their, their ultimately winning goal. I, mean, yeah. I don't know who it came off at the end, but it was... Yeah, some saying Leah Robinson and uh, others saying Claire Doherty. So whoever it was, it's unfortunate. And uh, maybe Hibs didn't quite deserve it today. Although I have to say, it was an entertaining game. I thought they were the better side in the first half. Um, I don't think their goal when it came was too much against the run of play. But once we got level and then Rachel hits the post at 1H, if that had gone on, maybe it would have been, been different. But it's a shame that they didn't get a win, top six. It would have been nice to round off what's been a magnificent season with three points this afternoon. And th- and that's probably a good point to touch on. Um, we did get top six and, well, nobody gave us a chance of getting top six in the first place. And then when we got there, I don't think anybody, I, th- I think everyone thought we'd just get run over every single week. It took the girls maybe two or three weeks to get up to speed with things, but actually by the end of the season there was there was almost nothing between the teams, even in the games that we, we lost. No, we were very, very competitive in all of them, and I think that's the, the big thing to take out of it. I mean, they must have been a bit wary about having to go toe-to-toe with them. I mean, we got to go toe-to-toe with them during the regular season, but to do it on a Saturday, or Sunday rather, and then quite often have to do it on the Wednesday, and then do it on a Sunday again, that's physically and mentally demanding I would imagine and I think that's a good point that we played them plenty throughout the regular season but there's a different pressure on the top teams going into that post split um, obviously we see how the league has finished today and it was right down to the wire so Rangers City and Celtic were you know really needing victories and we, we hardly gave them an inch yeah that's City have won the league and this is a team that took the ball down to the corner flag seven days ago playing against us so I think that shows how far we've come over the last couple of years. You're saying that we weren't expected to finish top six this season. Well, last season, I don't think we were expected to get anything in the division at all. Yeah. We were supposed to be the, the 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 easy three points for everyone. And now we're going head-to-head with all the, the top sides. Yeah, exactly. So, over the course of the season, uh, let's go for a personal highlight. Well, I know what your personal highlight is. <laughs> There is a gif of yeah. that. <laughs> I need to see that gif. I really do need to see that gif. Um, are we respecting it to on the pitch or off the pitch? Well, either or. Well, I'm not sure if this will make the edit, but a certain PA announcer refusing to mention the, the opposition by name a couple of weeks ago was quite entertaining. Yes, I did enjoy that. Referring to Glasgow City as the visitors throughout the whole afternoon, not once saying their name. Yes. Uh, but I think it ruffled a few feathers. I think there was one or two people that weren't too happy about it. But it's the it's the bitterness that I'm very much here for, Tom. It's why I turn up on a Sunday. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> the, the gender of the team may change, but the, the, the bitterness and the bile doesn't. <laughs> and, um, yeah, player of the year for you, Tom. That, that, there's a lot. It's, of, it's uh, really contenders. difficult. Craig asked me that the other day. You know, even to give me a one, two, and three, and I, and I couldn't because there's just too many candidates. 
no, right from the very from the back, from Megan and Goal and then Abby. Um, but then you, you can't look beyond Doc or Demi and yeah, like Cara's got 11 goals, Rachel's got nine. Yeah, and I, I, I think that's that's the thing. They've got people who have just turned up and done consistently a really good job, like Demi Faulkner at the back. You know, um, you know, Rosie Slater the last few weeks has really come onto a game, um, and Claire Dock at right back has just done everything this year some brilliant assists as well so there's been that consistency throughout the team I have to say even when we've lost players through injury like Sharon McCulloch I was worried Oh yeah. but Leah Robinson has come in and really stepped up the last three games in particular she's been outstanding I think next to Demi Faulkner you could see I think very early on that she's a player but I think you know she wasn't getting the game time and now through through an injury to somebody else she is getting that game time and I think she's just got better and better yeah I think she's got a belief in her own ability from just through playing the games. Yeah, and then like Claire Adams, she was injured, came into the team, then got injured again, and we thought she'd be missed. But then others step up to the plate. I think Jordan McClintock had an excellent game today. Yep. She's really settled into the squad, and Lindsay Taylor, I think, gets a special mention from my point of view. You know, aside from the front three of uh, Rachel Donaldson, Cara Henderson, and Abby Ferguson. I mean, the front three are a joy to watch at times. I mean, they really are. And them days thinking of coming along next season I mean I really would urge you to come along because I mean you know yourself have you spoken to anybody that's come here who hasn't loved it who hasn't wanted to come back I mean the crowds have been growing steadily but it's people it's not people just coming one time they're coming back it's people it's a regular support starting to build up I think now and uh, the support was a wee bit noisier today uh, no thanks to me bringing a drum along for my sons but it's good to see the kids having a great time as well. Oh, absolutely. And didn't yeah. stop singing the whole game. No, I mean, I think that's great. I mean, not great if you're nursing a wee bit of a hangover from the day before, but I am. But no, it is great. And it is a very family-friendly atmosphere. Family-friendly, dog-friendly. Um, <laughs> I think it's a great introduction to football for young kids. Yep, Because completely. you get to see it all. Um, and I know when I was six or seven, I wasn't always interested in the football. You know, I was sometimes I was chasing after bottle cups and crashing them under my, my, my feet. You don't have a scope to kind of run around at Furhill. Yeah. You know, it's, you're bored, you're maybe asking, well, can I get a pie or whatever. Here, there's, you, can be, you can just be kids here. Yeah, yeah. Well, providing a certain operations manager doesn't intercede, but... And that's a story for another day. That's a story for a different <laughs> podcast entirely. Well, Tom, I think we'll leave it there. Uh, thank you very much for your efforts with the women's team, keeping us updated over Twitter. Um, and uh, thank you very much for joining us on Draw, Loser, Draw. It's been my pleasure. Thank you.
finish, as we always do with Partridge Thistle. Dave Donnelly's got in touch with a good question. He's asked, after Brian Graham recently hit the 50 goal landmark, what is 50 the ideal number of? Now, before we started recording, Jamie piped up and said he has got an excellent Partridge Thistle answer this week. So, Jamie, we'll start with you. That's not true, and I don't have an answer, so come back to me. Well, Heather, I'll come to you for your Partridge Thistle answer, and secondly, as a, as a witness to Jamie's uh, declaration that he had one. I can a thousand percent back you up, Matt, that Jamie did utter those words. And my answer would be the number of days holiday needed after Thistle in the playoffs. Good answer. Rhys, have you got an answer this week? I'm not going to lie this could be the, the worst party for so yeah I think this could get it taken out there because I don't have an answer 50 I don't know we'll go we'll go back to the, the archives mate 50 cream eggs or something I know the Partridge Thistle fans like that mate they do that well, well recovered short notice listen and learn Jamie uh, David have you got an answer this week I, I mean it's a tough day at the office in the Partridge Thistle crowd I was really struggling with this do, do you want my Thistle answer or my boring answer? Go for both, because I don't think Jamie's going to pipe up anything. Oh, right. Um, so my boring answer was a sitcom or episodes. I think 50 is sort of at the sweet spot where you can, I mean, Peep Show must be around about that. Yeah, I'd just probably say 50 episodes are good, because after that, it can kind of get a bit stayed. British sitcoms, I would say. US, obviously, like 24 a season, but even then, they kind of tail off after a while. Um, my Thistle answer, controversial take, games in a season. Because if you get 50 games in a season, it means you either went on some daft Scottish Cup run or got into Europe or won the playoffs. So I'll say 50 games in a season um, is going to be my answer. This is not not a Partridge Thistle for the ages, I'm not going to lie. David, I had the I always write down my partial answer because I know I'll forget. And I literally have like a list of things and number one is minutes in a Netflix episode. So I am with you. <laughs> see, see just on, on David's answer there, I think Friday coming will be our fiftieth game of the season. Because I know Jack McMillan's played forty nine and I think he's played every single game. David, so we, we need fifty two. Fucking hell, we're blaming you. No, he wouldn't have played against Falkirk. He wouldn't have played against Falkirk. I, I, he actually did. I think he was only. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> David, you've just said 50. It's the perfect number of games in the season. And it's a 50th game in the semi final of the playoffs. It's a good number. The perfect number would be 52. But 50 is a good number. Fifty is a perfect number of episodes as we draw to the close of episode 139 of Draw, Lose or Draw. I, w- I was going to say of a sitcom, but a lot of this is a sitcom really, <laughs> um, week to week. So yeah, fair. We've outstayed our welcome. I, I, and I, if anything, this party festival has really proven it. Jamie, have you got an answer? Yeah, this is such a random question. I'm not going to lie. I, I didn't check it until we loaded this up, so... I don't know, man. 50 episodes until I actually get a good answer. There you go. 50 episodes of Partridge Thistle until I actually give you a good answer. Maybe it'll happen. Done that. Well, I'll throw this your way, Jamie. I think 50 episodes is about the perfect number of episodes a Doctor Who should do. I think Tennant was high 40s. I think Smith was high 40s. Capaldi was, I think, low 40s. So we could have got another wee run out of him. But, uh, then you look back, like Tom Baker did put the arse out of it at the end. Like, 
clinging on for dear life and he was like well over 100 episodes so you know I think 50 is the measure for that yeah Eccleston got 13 not enough yeah no it was not well you never know we might see him in, a, in an upcoming special fingers crossed if you've made it this far through Partridge Thistle and through Draw Loser Draw fair play and thank you we will be back next week to look back on our second leg at Somerset Park and hopefully to preview our playoff final against whoever finishes 11th in the Premiership. If not, we'll be back for a season review. But in the meantime, stay safe and enjoy Friday night. Thank you.